We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. But you've don't you think you've already proven your worth as the quarterback I mean, of the Bears? You just rolled your eyes a little bit. Uh, but I figured I'm going to ask a question I know the answer I to, think, but I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've shown a little bit, but I don't think I've shown uh, the world what I can do in terms of, you know, playing the full quarterback position and playing it consistently, you know. Mm-hmm. I think there were, you know, some times this year where, you know, I was better than others, you know, late – the, like my last game of the season against the Lions, that 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 wasn't a good game. So just being more consistent, you know, for my teammates, for my coaches, and, you know, f- for the fan base. So uh, you know, once I do that, once I you know just keep progressing and keep getting better, then I'll be good. How come when Justin Fields says that, people go, oh, you know what he? What great self awareness! You gotta love that guy because he understands who he is. When I say the same stuff about Justin Fields that he just said about himself, oh, you boop, you boop. <laughs> What, boop, what is he talking I mean, come on. Yeah, I think Justin Fields is saying that he needs to keep developing. There, there can be perhaps a – I think it, it can be felt that maybe there's a tone that you don't believe in Justin Fields. I think that's how it's perceived when you say it. When I say it, I'm saying the same stuff he just said, which is he's got to do the routine <laughs> stuff routinely significantly better. He's got to become a better passer to take advantage of the dynamic gifts he has – with his athleticism and his ability to run. I, 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 I can't think of another quarterback. We've got some really good ones right. in the NFL, the dual-threat quarterbacks mm-hmm. that, that can do special. Josh Allen does really special things with his legs. Obviously, Lamar Jackson does special things with his legs. The guy that you just saw lose a tight Super Bowl game mm-hmm. in Jalen Hurts with the Eagles does amazing things with his legs. No quarterback in the league does what Justin Fields can do when he's on the move. But I think it's okay. Justin Fields just said it. He's got to get better as a passer. Yeah, He's gotta I, be- mean, I, th- I think there's space in between the two things. Does they need to get better as a passer is one thing. I, I think it can – sometimes the conversation can feel like people feel like Justin is supposed to be a finished product already, which he obviously is not. And the question is, can you do better than him right now when mm. you have the top overall pick in the draft? It's just – it's just a, a a normal thing that's worth discussing because it's not just a sports radio topic. It's something that they're talking about behind closed doors at Hallis Hall. By the way, good afternoon. It's the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Anthony <laughs> Heron is here. I'm Zach Sademan. We're in for that dynamic duo. 
here on the score. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And that was an appearance during Super Bowl week by Justin Fields on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's talk some football. Joining us now is Kevin Fishbane, who covers the Bears for The Athletic. And Kevin joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And before we get to all this Bears stuff, there was a pretty important basketball game played by Kevin's alma mater yesterday against your alma mater, mm-hmm. Big Ant, and it did not go well for your group. Yeah, there, there's a big cat on the line here with, with Fishbane. It's been quite a, I mean, really the whole week when you look at this thing, Kevin. So they, they take down Iowa, but amongst the opponents that, that Northwestern and Chris Collins most recently faced here, which one was, was just your favorite amongst the games where fans could have potentially stormed Welsh Ryan Arena? Was it taking down number one Purdue? Was it taking down a top 15 Indiana? Or was it solidifying their NCAA tournament berth by taking down my Hawkeyes? Oh, big ant. It's like asking me which of my children's my favorites. <laughs> uh, you know, look, the, the, the win over Purdue was historic. And it was like this just wow, stunning moment. Um, the Indiana one, I think, was kind of special just because all three games, the arena had a lot of opposing fans. But there's something, as both of you guys know, about Indiana basketball fans that made that one feel a little bit sweeter. And then, you know, yesterday, uh, that's a, that was a good Iowa team. Obviously, Northwestern saw it for themselves in Iowa City uh, you know, earlier this month. Um, but to, to win that, to eventually win that one going away, uh, it, it's, it, it's been fun. I, I think, I think the, the Indiana one though, might've felt, uh, might've felt the best in the moment because, uh, it was like the, okay, here we go. Cause the Purdue one was just such a shocker. <laughs> I like couldn't even come to terms with it, but the, that, that Hoosiers one was pretty special. Number 21 in the country. How about that? What's yeah. the what's the end game for this Northwestern team? I'm going to put you on the spot here because we can run this back eventually when the NCAA <laughs> tournament begins and we'll see how far this team can go. But you've watched a lot of the games, obviously, and I think the, the best journeys in sports are the unexpected ones when something great happens that you had no idea was in the offing, and, and that's basically what's transpiring this season with Northwestern basketball. Yeah, you're right, Zach, and that's that does make it a, a little extra fun. Um, I I think what's what what Chris Collins has done with this team, you know, in, in recent years they have struggled so much to win close games, and they are showing a grit, um, a, a tenacity on defense and on the boards. Uh, to find themselves on top of these really, really tight games against really good teams. I mean, the Big Ten's kind of weird, as both of you guys know, where it's like you're not really sure how good the Big Ten is, but every single night is a tough matchup. And they're fine. Like, you know, that they went in, before, even before this week, which was a remarkable week, they won in Wisconsin, in Michigan State, at Indiana, at Ohio State, all tough places to play. Um, and they've got three more really tough road games. So I think that that gives them the confidence. And we saw what they did to Purdue last week, that they could play with anybody. 
So, you know, they're probably limited a little bit offensively in terms of uh, number of playmakers, number of guys who can score consistently. Uh, yesterday was the, you know, the first time in this of this week of three games where they really got a kind of team effort there in terms of everybody made a, had a big bucket. Um, so, yeah, if they if they go up against a team uh, in the tournament that can kind of score at will, I think that might be that'll be tough for them to, to keep up. We saw that again. That's what happened in Iowa City. Um, so yeah, look, I, I think this, this Northwestern team can hang with anybody. So I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know what, Zach, I'm not going to put a ceiling on them. How about that? <laughs> it's a sweet 16 team. I'll say it. You don't want to say it. I'll say it. They've got a backcourt that, that makes big plays that's played together for a while in a sport where because of the transfer portal, you don't have a lot of continuity. They play great defense that travels. It goes anywhere they go, no matter the opponent. You've seen them take on some of the best teams in the country and shut them down with their defense. So I'm going to say sweet 16 there. I said it, it's on tape. You can do with it, whatever you want. I'm willing to take that risk and say it, Kevin. Good. Yeah. I I love it. Uh, I'm I'm all in. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, as I said, it's, it's been like each time I'm just like eyes wide. Like, I can't believe they keep doing this. Like who are these guys? Every single, every single game. So a lot of credit to that coaching staff and of course the players for uh, turning this program around. Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic here with us on the Parkinson Spiegel Show on Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score is Zach Zaitman, and Anthony Heron in for Danny and Matt. I went out to that Indiana game, and, you know, well, I hadn't been to the, like, newly designed Welsh Ryan Arena since they kind of revamped everything in there. There, were, there was a good representation of Hoosiers fans that were in the house also, but it was just deafeningly loud in there. And the, the passion for Northwestern fans, you know, kind of like, all right, when the team's not doing great, you may not have the best home court advantage, but it's certainly there right now. What, what do you feel like was kind of a turning point during the season from your observations where, where you know, looks like, on, according to Twitter, you were out there at the game against Iowa and folks are just in there figuratively hanging from the rafters for the folks uh, who are out there supporting Northwestern. Now, when do people start to kind of realize how great this team might be? You know, they had a, a one of those, uh, I think it was a Thanksgiving tournament in Mexico where they took on Auburn, and they their defense just had to put the clamp down on Auburn. They ended up losing that game by one, um, and I think if that game was played today, certainly they'd have a much better final possession in those games like that that kind of have hurt them over the years. But their defense in that game kind of was like, wait a second, like these guys might be good. Uh, and then you get in the Big Ten play, and they, they, they go to East Lansing and win. You're like, okay. That's impressive. You know, Michigan State might not be the Michigan State of old. So they just kept, you know, then they, they just blew the doors off Indiana in Bloomington. Um, and, and that was, I think that one was like, all right, you know, we, we, they've got something here. Um, but, but what was interesting was, you know, they had a, you know, they had to miss over a week because of COVID-19. And so they had a bunch of games kind of stocked together. And, you know, they won the first few of those games. And included a, a gritty win against Wisconsin, um, and they blew out Minnesota. And, and again, like they just like each time they go out there, you're just uh, Northwestern fans. We we a little bit, you know, there, there's some similarities to other teams in this town, guys. Where it's a little fatalistic. We're kind of like waiting for the other shoe drop. And if you've been a Northwestern basketball fan for as long as I have, and for as long as a lot of people have, like you're like, all right, when's they gonna blow the lead? When are they gonna? 
you know, have this big losing streak that they've always had in the past five years, and it just hasn't happened. They just keep winning. So, but I do think you go back to that Auburn game. That was kind of the the first alert that, like, hey, you know, they might have something here. All right, enough with the college basketball. Let's talk about your bread and butter, and that is the NFL and the Chicago Bears. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the Athletic. A lot of rumors last week, a lot of reports, a lot of innuendo when it comes to Justin Fields' future for the Bears. I think it was clearly a coordinated effort from somebody to put it out there that the Bears are potentially thinking about trading away Justin Fields. Can you make sense of what last week meant? Uh, I mean, I think that there's two ways to look at it, Zach. I think that you could, you know, look, the Super Bowl's over, so now all eyes turn to the Bears, right? Like, they were the third most talked about team in the media, and by Thursday they were number one. <laughs> you know, everybody was done with the Super Bowl, done with the Chiefs and Eagles, so let's talk about the Bears. So I think when, you know, people in our business, it's like, all eyes are on them well you start digging you start asking some questions and like i think one of the things i learned at the senior bowl and and i'm interested to kind of learn more at the combine is you know there is a bit of a different view of justin fields around the league i'm not talking about nfl players because players around the league have incredible respect for what he can do but i think there's still some skeptics about his ceiling when you talk to whether it's scouts or other league sources and, and maybe some of those things kind of came to a head this week as people start being like, all right, the Chiefs and Eagles, we, the Super Bowl's over, it's the offseason, the offseason starts with the Bears, let's try to figure out what's going on. And, and there, there are doubters out there about what he's capable of and what the Bears could do. And but the, the ultimate unknown in this thing is Ryan Poles, right? I, I think he has been very transparent as a GM, and part of that transparency is it hasn't necessarily been like a – a full-throated support, you would say, necessarily Justin Fields. And I think Justin Fields would be the, probably the first one to explain why, as you guys heard in that clip with Rich Eisen. Like, you know, he knows what he needs to work on. Ryan Poles knows what Justin Fields needs to work on. So I, I know I'm trying to make – I'm not trying to make a ton of that. But if you want to sit here and kind of convince yourself that, hey, there, there could be something else going on – you could look at that and you could look and say, hey, you know, here's a GM who's got an opportunity if he wants it to take the best quarterback in the draft. And he's probably not going to get that opportunity again. I don't think that's what the Bears are going to do, but I can understand why those kind of things have maybe been floated a little bit over the past week, more so than usual. So as we look at you know free agency beginning, leading into the draft, what is your say? We can kind of assume that Ryan Poles would just prioritize offensive line because he was an offensive lineman and Ian Cunningham is an offensive lineman. So they're just going to get every old lineman they can and pay a bunch of money. What do you think legitimately will, will begin as the priorities for Ryan Poles in resourcing this roster? Well, I wonder if you look back at what he did last year, Anthony, and the first thing he did was try to sign Larry Joby to a pretty massive deal. And that didn't work out. And you know, plan B, Justin Jones was okay. Um, but that is a huge need for them is that three technique spot. And that's one of the deeper positions in free agency. I know everybody is understandably talking about Jalen Carter, but I'm really fascinated by the opportunities the Bears have in free agency to add an impact interior defensive lineman. 
Um, and, and that's kind of from a free agency standpoint, I think, where they can make the biggest impact to this team. Whether you know, And we'll find out with the franchise tag in the next 15 days who's actually going to be available via free agency for them uh, to bring in. Uh, and so I, I think it kind of starts there, right? Because if they do bring in that guy, maybe you're not talking about Jalen Carter as much, or maybe you still are, because I think the Eagles showed what you can do with just a loaded and deep defensive line. So I think interior defensive line, and then if you go in, it's not a great free agency class, but if you look at right tackle, there's some there's some guys in there, so some veterans that, not pro bowlers certainly, but guys who can come in and get the job done for you um, that, that also could be. So I think free agency probably starts there, but the most fascinating thing to me outside of the free agency aspect, but what happens when the league year begins is the trade market. Because if the Bears really want to add a blue-chip player, and I'm thinking wide receiver specifically, they have to find one to be a trade because it's not going to be free of free agency. So that's going to be interesting to see the rumors that start circling next week in Indianapolis at the Combine and what could maybe come to fruition for Ryan Poles come mid-March when he's able to start signing guys and trading guys. See, that's a great point that you make. But then the question becomes, where does he get the Hall of Picks to be able to make the trades once the league year begins? Because there's been this assumption that if you trade away the top overall pick, you're getting a treasure trove back. Is that reality? I'm not sure, Zach. I, I don't I don't think that they... I, like, I understand the, the excitement over what they could bring in, but... Listen, if you're any of these teams that wants the number one pick and you know that the Bears are probably not taking a quarterback, I mean, how much are you really willing to give up? Um, and and you have to, you know, like the thing about this draft is there isn't a Joe Burrow. There isn't a Trevor Lawrence. There isn't, um, you know, now Bryce Young might, we, we could look back at this draft in three years and realize that Bryce Young might have been that guy, that C.J. Stroud might have been that guy. Hey, who knows, maybe Anthony Richardson, when we look back at this draft, could be that guy. But right now, those guys aren't being, being aren't really being talked about in that caliber. Um, so how does that factor in when you look at the Texans and the Colts and the Panthers and some of these teams that, that should be looking to, to add a quarterback? So I, I think the, the one thing in the Bears' favor, though, is Jimmy Irsay, David Tepper in Carolina. Uh, you look at what Houston's gone through. I do think those are teams that, regardless of the caliber of quarterback available, those are owners and franchises that are a little bit desperate. And, and that's what the Bears have to seize upon. But they got to get these teams to kind of work against each other um, to get a quote-unquote haul. I, I look at... I'm thinking if you're the Cole, you know, if you get the fourth pick, the 35th pick, and can you get a first-round pick in 2024? Uh, you know, maybe fans want more than that, but I think if you can get that, I would be pretty content of that being your quote-unquote haul. Um, you know, it's not like the 49ers and Trey Lance, obviously, but I, I still think you'd be pretty, you'd feel pretty good about staying in the top five, getting one of the first picks of the second round, and getting a, a, a one in 2024. So there hadn't been a transaction yet over the offseason, at least not one of, of substance from the Bears. But I'm just wondering, when you when you look at the, the comparison a lot of folks are making with the Eagles and hoping Justin Fields can turn into some version of at least Jalen Hurts, if not better, the overall roster construction. Uh, I mean, worst to first storylines tend to happen on an annual basis in the NFL. What is a, a realistic sort of growth pattern for the Bears over the next couple of years? 
Well, it might take several years for the Bears to come close to what the Eagles have on both lines, right? You know, that that's the problem. And that's the, the challenge of this this being the year for the Bears to be so, you know, have so many resources. It's just like, as, as we talked about earlier, it's not a great free agency class. It's not necessarily considered a great draft. And they don't have that, you know, second round pick that they gave up for Chase Claypool anymore. And you look at all the guys they brought in last year, like, you know who are your bedrock guys, right? Who are your who are your players you really feel great about um, as long-term foundational pieces? So that to me, like you need a lot to happen for this team to make that jump. And it all kind of goes back to Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields himself, um, with the better offensive line, with better wide receivers, having continuity with the playbook, as he's able to take a Jalen Hurts type leap. Yeah, then we can talk and you can maybe take advantage of the division if Aaron Rodgers is gone and, um, you know, and, and things like that. But in terms of getting other players and getting other talented players, it's just it's just going to be tough this year when you look at who's going to be available and you look at the fact they don't necessarily yet have like the draft capital to go out and, and, and pry away uh, a great wide receiver or a great edge rusher, great uh, defensive tackle or, or left tackle, all those different things that they need. Like, guys, they, they need a corner. They need a weak side linebacker. Uh, you know, they need a number two tight end. You go up and down the roster, and, and, and they have so many needs. So I, I think the Eagles have a nice blueprint to look at. I think you go look at what, you know, the Bills did a few years ago. Um, it's out there. It's possible. Uh, but the Bears have a lot of work to do. And that's another thing, too, if you want to talk about the, the Bryce Young possibilities, you know, if this team is willing to kind of reset the clock on their rookie contract and put this rebuild out a little farther, you know, you can make that argument. But I, I still kind of like the idea of that you still have Justin Fields on a rookie contract. You know what Justin Fields can do right now. Like, you know, you know what his floor is, and you still don't know yet what his ceiling is. Uh, and, and I like the idea of trying to see what he can do with more talent around him. I think maybe if you can do, if you can try to get to what the Dolphins did, right? Now, you're, you're not getting Tyreek Hill, obviously. You're not getting Jalen Waddell. Um, you're not getting a, a top fight left tackle like they got in Tron Armstead. But there's a team that kind of wasn't 100% sure what they had in Tua, made some big moves, made the playoffs, had a better sense of what Tua can do. I look at that as maybe more of a realistic, uh, if the if a lot of things go right for the Bears, what they could look like next season. Got to hit a lot of home runs to get to that point. But that's what makes this offseason so fascinating. Kevin, thank you so much. Appreciate the time, and good luck with your Wildcats. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for the Athletic. Always feel a little smarter after we talk to Kevin yeah. Fishbane on the score. All right. that you know he wears glasses, too, so that, that enhances it. Yeah, you said that. I didn't, you know, but again, <laughs> you're smarter than me, so you, you can get away with that. I, I don't have that kind of uh, luxury. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, there's a lot to unpack from what we just heard, and what Kevin said leads to so many questions, and since you're the football expert, I'm going to pepper you with a ton of football questions. I'm ready. For example, there's this notion that if the Bears surround Justin Fields with Philadelphia-like talent, that Justin Fields is going to look like Jalen Hurts out there on the field. Is that true? We discuss next. Big Ant is here. I'm Zach Zaidman. We're in for Parkinson Spiegel on the score. As you saw Justin progress during the season, did you at any point regret that you hadn't put better pieces around him? No, I thought we used the resources that we had to the best of our ability based on what was there. I think that's kind of what I go back to in terms of... 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. ...of making sound decisions. That's hard. I wish, I wish it was a perfect scenario where you could just clean up everything and be good. So I thought we made solid, sound decisions to do that. Yeah, I wish it was it was perfect across the board to give them so it was clean as much as possible, but it just doesn't always happen that way. But again, now looking at where we can go currently, where we have flexibility to do a little bit more. Now the second piece is, like Brad said, like what talent's there for us to bring in and can it help move the needle to help everybody get better? Bears general manager Ryan Poles at the end of the season asked a great question by Kevin Fishbane. If he could do it all over again, would he have surrounded Justin Fields with more talent in his first season as Bears GM? Zach Sadman, Anthony Heron with you in for Parkinson Spiegel on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score 312-644-6767 is the phone number. So let's talk about what Poles just said. Hmm. What is out there? And, and I, I asked that question because I heard Mel Kuyper say this that he had a difficult time, man, putting together his top 50 board when it came to this year's draft class. And you hear McShay talk about it, and all the other draft experts will tell you that this is one of the weaker draft classes overall in terms of depth that there's been in the last few years. That's one part of it. The other part is, from a free agency class standpoint, is there a star player at any position, like a, a true game changer where what you have the money the Bears have. You could add anybody you want, but there isn't that premier guy at any position that kind of re-energizes the organization, at least as of right now. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, the, the availability of other talent, of what you can acquire to bring in is all a part of what what Ryan Poles has to factor in just in, in determining what he attacks in free agency, whether or not he, he feels like the, the talent that he got rid of, you know, how do I, how do I replace that position? Like, all right, is, is Jack Sanborn a guy who you can get by with as an inside linebacker for at least another season and see how he develops because you need to expend resources elsewhere. At least Sanborn being productive and at times very productive as a, as an off ball linebacker, it gives you that option. So part of it is just about how does he evaluate what's currently on his team? Like, you know, both offensive tackles. There's There can be question marks at both left and right tackle, but does he feel like with more seasoning from each of those positions, you know what? 
Maybe I, maybe I prioritize the interior of the offensive line more than tackle because I really think each guy has potential. I really love that left tackle once we get him into an offseason program. So part of it is, is really about how does he evaluate what he currently has, not where they are today, but what he thinks they can be a year from now, three years from now, as they develop within the Chicago Bears. Do you have that kind of time, though? And this is, the, this is what – it's not Ryan Poles' fault. Mm-hmm. It's not Justin Fields' fault. But the reality is this is kind of like a, a – this is not the ideal way that you'd build a team. Ideally, the guy who's your general manager would have picked your quarterback and they'd both be starting at the now, same time. Now, specifically, do you have that, that kind of time with the quarterback yes. specifically? Because you need to have an answer after next year, right? Because Why? It's, it's after, Why? After three years, you have to start thinking that – it's the first time you can negotiate. Mm-hmm. You look at and and this is this is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has to get paid. These are going to be astronomical numbers that set the quarterback market. Right. It's probably part of the reason that that Baltimore can't agree to a deal with Lamar Jackson. I think it's probably a reason why the Giants are going to end up franchise tagging Daniel Jones because. Unless you're 100% sure, when you play that kind of style, it, it guys get hit, they get injured, you're not quite sure. If, if you don't want to pay them for what they've done, you're going to want to pay them for what they can do. But yeah. can they do the same things they did when they were young? And, and But why did the Bears have to decide on whether or not Justin Fields is getting a new contract after his third season in the NFL? They, they really don't. Well, I, I think Justin Fields is going to force the hand, don't you think? I if, mean, we saw Kyler his, Murray do if it. If his play earns it, sure. Like, if he's second or MVP after next season, like Jalen Hurts, then, yeah, everybody's assuming Jalen Hurts is about to get new money from Philadelphia because his play has earned it. But it's not like Tua Tagovailoa was trying to renegotiate with the Dolphins after his third season. It's not like Daniel Jones was renegotiating with the Giants after his third season. Dak Prescott won more than any of those guys through his first three years. Dallas didn't pay him. Through his first three years of his career, so I mean, there are plenty of examples of teams who don't. I, I was, I mean, this this discussion was happening even before this season. Like the Bears have to know about Justin Fields after his second year. No, they don't. That's the value of having a first round pick. You will have at least four years if you want it, and maybe even a fifth is your option to be able to do that. Now, where the Ravens are at with Lamar Jackson, you know, he's five years in. They still can't come to terms. They'll have the opportunity to franchise him, but you know, it's it's difficult. Well, it's difficult for everybody to be patient with. I'm sure it's the, the patience it. is yeah. difficult at Hallis Hall, mm-hmm. too. But the Bears have time. They have seasons before they have to know something for sure on Justin Field. See, here are the things that are happening this offseason that, that make me scratch my head a little bit. It is clear that Baltimore is not sure that that style of play, which is the style that everyone in this city wants the Bears to basically build around. It's it's what Philadelphia has done to a certain degree. What Balt- The Bears admitted they... They took plays from Baltimore's playbook Mm -hmm. in order to allow Justin Fields to show you the dynamic athleticism that we saw, especially during that four-game stretch where they averaged more than 30 points per game, and your eyes popped out of your head because you're Mm -hmm. like, whoa, where's this been? And Baltimore's not sure. New offensive coordinator, they're obviously telling you that there need to be changes in terms of how they use Lamar so he can stay on the field and continue to be productive going and, forward. And in my impression, part of the mistake Baltimore is making is that 
you're not seeing Lamar Jackson surrounded with the type of talent that that Buffalo has, you know, added playmakers mm-hmm. with Josh Allen that Philadelphia really already had and has certainly enhanced in the time Jalen Hurts has been with them as a quarterback as well. Lamar Jackson throughout his entire Ravens career has had very questionable and at times non-existent playmakers around him at receiver, at running back to really enhance what he can continue to do as a passer, show that growth and development from within the pocket. And so, yes, he ends up staying as a volume runner, but you know, Josh Allen is still a volume runner in Buffalo, but the pressure that the opposing defense faces is not only from his legs, but it's also with what he does from the pocket because of that. We saw Jalen Hurts take that same kind of step with the Eagles offense this season because there are more playmakers on the outside. When you show a bunch of man coverage because you think you got to do that against a mobile quarterback, we can make you pay with that one-on-one matchup on the outside. So that's where it's really vital for the Bears to, at some point, it doesn't mean you prioritize it this offseason, at some point as you, if you still feel comfortable with the progression, the development of Justin Fields, to see him with more playmakers, you know, b- before you you decide you're moving on, because we've seen that, and that's where Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, to me, where things are askew with them right now, because he, at no point, has had like legitimate playmakers around him in Baltimore, and which says a lot about his ability as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think, again, when it comes to the Bears, mm-hmm. this is not the offseason where you're going to acquire the game-changing wide receivers that, say, you saw Philadelphia have all season long. Which is why it's important for us, I think, to constantly, well, at least, you know, for me, I try to remind people. As I said, I was reminding people before this season, the Bears don't have to know if Justin Fields is a guy who they're going to pay, you know, 10 figures to after next year. They, They just, they're in a great position. They don't have to decide that yet. But if you are the general manager of this team, and you're seeing what this chairman has done with the previous regimes. Phil Emery got two years, and you may say, well, he didn't deserve any more than that, but you saw the quick hook, right? Mm -hmm. Ryan Pace was given an opportunity to draft two quarterbacks. A team made the playoffs twice. He was allowed to make all these moves and trade, but bam, it wasn't a long – Jerry Angelo was here forever. Got a lot of patience. George McCaskey has not been patient. He talks about how he is, and he's a fan just like everyone listening, but he hasn't shown the kind of patience that I I think his brother showed, that the Bears have previously shown before he became the chairman. And I think if, if you're Ryan Poles, you know that. You know what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a little bit of a, a sense of urgency because how much time do you have as a GM before you need to find an answer to that position so you don't get fired? But there, there's levels to urgency, though. Like if if Justin Fields doesn't show that he is – if Justin Fields doesn't win an MVP after next season, it doesn't mean that he hasn't shown he's a guy you can win with, that, that he's a guy who we can continue to build this roster – Around, you know, I've listed other examples of, of teams who've taken that approach. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel Jones has done it through multiple head coaches. Tua Tagovailoa has done it with multiple head coaches as talent has been stacked. Certainly in Miami, more talent got stacked last year. The Giants' roster wasn't exceptional. Outstanding job by Brian Dable. Some growth from Daniel Jones. Health from you know their running back, really the best playmaker they had on offense was Saquon Barkley. And then a defense that really got after opponents. And so the Giants were in a better position. They weren't an exceptional team this year. Mm -hmm. They got their doors blown off with good reason. They shouldn't even beat the Bears this year. So, I mean, we we see quarterbacks 
all around the league who got several years into this thing, who got towards the end of or even through their rookie contract before that franchise knew for sure that we want to invest long-term in the quarterback position or two of those examples like Dak Prescott, Dallas eventually addressed, you know, sticking with him long-term, but Tua, Miami's not in a position where they're, where they're doing that yet. Daniel Jones, Giants aren't going to do that yet. So I just, I, I think the bears, if Justin Fields through next season and, you know, I think if the roster's shifted, I believe we'll see a big jump from Justin Fields next year. How big a jump does it mean MVP season and, and Super Bowl berth? I don't necessarily think it has to be that for the Bears to say, well, yeah, that's that's a guy we, we got another year or two to figure this thing out because now we're playing winning football. We're seeing growth from Justin and others. There's a unique opportunity this year because you have the top overall pick. You may never have – remember, the last time it happened for the Bears was 1947. So to say, oh, you know, if the Bears are not good next year, well, then you can just get right back in the quarterback market. But there's a difference when you're in the quarterback market from having – the top overall pick. But is your point to, that they have to draft a quarterback at number one because because this is the only time they'll be at number one? you, you got to have think, a quarterback worth drafting at number one. Uh, do you, I, I think the conversation that they definitely have to be having behind closed doors is, is whoever you think is the best quarterback in this draft, and clearly there is not alignment around the league on who that is. But whoever you think that is, which is mm-hmm. really all that matters at right. Alice Hall, is that guy better than Justin Fields? Right. Oh, I'm 100% confident they're having that conversation, sure. I don't think it's off the table for them to move on from Justin Fields. Ryan Pohl said as much. I think it makes perfect sense. I have to be blown away. My impression is that there's not a quarterback in this cycle that would blow most teams, certainly would blow the Bears away to the extent they say it's time to move on so we can get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I I don't see that. And I think both the guys are going to have nice pro careers. I don't see that from either of those guys versus where Justin Fields is at right now in his Bears quarterback development. So do you think that if they surround him with talent, that we're going to see the kind of jump that Jalen Hurts made between last year and this year? I think we're going to see, regardless of what they put on the roster, Justin Fields is going to grow next year. I just think he's that level of talent and worker. But yes, if... Like you're saying, if he puts the Eagles roster together, yeah, Justin Fields going to win MVP next year. I think it's really, I, 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 I do think, I, I think we're, we're insulting Jalen Hurts. I'm not insulting Jalen Hurts. I just think Justin Fields is going to be a better quarterback than Jalen. I just feel strongly about the development arc of Justin Fields. I, I love Jalen Hurts. Love what he's done. He just, he's, he has not been the QB prospect that Justin Fields has been at any point of his development. He's just further along in his NFL career right now with a much better team around him. But I, Hey, I'm I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. It's great. I just think Justin Fields is going to be better than him. That's Big Ant. I'm Zach Zaidman. We're in for Parkinson Spiegel on The Score. The Score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is The Score. Thanks for keeping us the number one and most listened to sports station in Chicago. Listen on your radio, laptop, mobile device through the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or tell your smart speaker to play 670 The Score. We're live and we're local. 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Listening to Zach Zaidman and Anthony Heron on 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Why do you have young number one? I think he's special. And and listen, he's undersized, and that's going to be the whole conversation leading up to the draft. 5'10.5 is what I was told by an NFL scout who went and measured him in the summer. And when I talked to him before the Mississippi State game, he said, I bulked up to about 193. And he's working with the nutritionist. It's just, it, it's not normal for his frame to be over 200, but I think he's going to get there. So the biggest concern is, can he stay durable? 
and healthy throughout his career. But I think he's a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes. The presence he has in the pocket, the ability to feel pressure coming, the ability to make to see the whole field and make all the throws with really good touch and timing. He's a di he's different than all these other guys. I sit here and I watch tape over and over again. And I, Will Levis has a great arm. Anthony Richardson's the most physically talented. C.J. Stroud had an unbelievable career at Ohio State. But Bryce Young is different. Todd McShay breaking it down. That's his opinion. Again, this is the magic of this time of year. You don't know who's right. You're just basing everything on opinions and whatever flavor you like if you're a general manager. Well, Ryan Poles has to make an important decision here. The Bears already passed up on the real Patrick Mahomes once. And if you have an opportunity to grab a mini Patrick Mahomes, are you going to pass up on that guy again? Get the mini Holmes in your in your locker room at some point, maybe. You'd have that option, perhaps. I mean, these, and that's a part of what just happens during this part of the year, right? You've covered it pretty closely throughout your career because you're trying to project and you're projecting the tangible physically the the mental aptitude, the intangible emotionally for for what they're going to go through just in the rigors of playing through and developing as an NFL quarterback and, and all of it because it's such a it's a position that demands so much of you and so many other folks are, are dependent upon your success. There's a lot that's that's on your shoulders, on, on your heart at, at a lot of different times. And so you need to be able to show yourself as a, a formidable physical talent, but also a formidable individual mentally and emotionally. Absolutely. And I think when you look at, at Bryce Young, there aren't a lot of comps to someone his size having a great deal of long-term success in the NFL. You saw him from when he was a high schooler. Who do you compare him to? What, what's a realistic comparison? The closest approximations I, I've been able to make, like, you know, if I went back to where Antoine Randall didn't get to play quarterback in the NFL because it was just a different time a quarter century ago, you know, when I was coming out. So, uh, you know, but physically of a similar stature there and mobility and everything else. But as far as guys who are, who are currently playing quarterback in the league, he's kind of a a souped-up version of Tua Tonga-Vailoa physically, where he's he's not as big or, or as thick as Tua, but both similar in stature. Bryce is maybe a little bit shorter, certainly a little more of a lean frame. Tua's thicker in the lower half, but they're, they're both kind of wiry, you know, up top in their, their torso and, and in their arm. But Bryce is more mobile and has a bigger arm than Tua, but style of play fairly similar with, to McShay's point, some of the quickness, the rhythm of, of the way they throw the football, the anticipation, the creativity is Mahomes-like. Um, or you can go the Kyler Murray route where he's he's not nearly as thick in his build as Kyler. And Kyler Murray's a good you know, 20-plus pounds just thicker than and, Bryce Young. And to be fair, both Tua and Kyler Murray have had difficulty staying healthy right. in the NFL. As I, has Bryce Young in college. Right, and, and I, I think that's something that you're weighing does the ability to understand what the defense is doing and being able to anticipate where the pressure's coming from and getting the ball out quickly because you're you're a step ahead as as Bryce Young has been for for most of his life mm -hmm. as a quarterback will that help you stay on the field cuz Tua took shots when he was in college too and, and Kyler Murray's faster than everybody else <laughs> at, at Oklahoma in the NFL, you can try. Eventually, they catch up to you. Justin Fields found that out this year too. Right the the 
the sort of term I've I've begun using is some guys are more natural point guards as quarterback, like Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. These guys are like natural point guards. We were just talking about Lonzo Ball early where you can set teammates up. It's almost like you can see into the future where you're throwing the football in a way where the defender hasn't necessarily truly shown you his coverage responsibility yet. The receiver hasn't declared where that route's going to end up. But you know where you need to put it, and you're beginning your throwing motion before all those things have really declared themselves to you visually. That's where you know Bryce Young is very natural with that. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, the reason he beat out Jalen Hurts at Alabama in college is because Jalen Hurts hadn't really progressed yet with anticipatory throws and consistency of accuracy to a hat. And that, that's a part of where, as Alabama's passing offense, and Nick Saban wanted to take that to another level, Tua was more the type of quarterback he was looking for at that time, even though Hurts was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year as a freshman, but more so because of his legs. Now, Jalen Hurts... Uh, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, these are guys who were not natural, like true point guard types, more where I, I define Justin Fields more as like a shooting guard who can distribute, more of a scoring guard who, who has the ability right. to, you know, to, to have assists here, where he's developing that, just like Jalen Hurts has gone through the process of developing that. Dak Prescott eventually developed that more in Dallas. Josh Allen has been able to develop more of that in Buffalo, but none of these guys, and and several of them MVP caliber, you know, Josh Allen and and we just saw Jalen Hurts. These are guys recently in that MVP conversation, but both better offensive lines and run games and everything that have playmakers around them where it doesn't matter that they don't throw with the anticipation of Mahomes and Rodgers and even Bryce Young because there are multiple ways to play the quarterback position. All right, and it, the thing that you mentioned about those guys in particular, Allen, Hurts, relentless work ethic yeah. and that's we've heard that about fields too mm-hmm. uh he was praised greatly for being a leader this i mean you've seen the improvement you don't hear that about kyler murray no 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 and that's where the the comp i would i have between bryce young and kyler murray is purely physical but but bryce young is a guy who will he'll ingratiate himself with locker rooms that and always has been and i imagine will continue to in the nfl ingratiate himself with the locker room surrounding him in a way that kyler murray has always struggled with and he's not He's never been a guy who I've heard anybody say he's just a purely bad guy per se or treats people poorly. He just, for whatever reason, just hasn't vibed with locker rooms he's been in pretty frequently. Or his team. I mean, when you put it in the contract initially, hey, we want you to spend more time yeah. studying. Right. That's not good. Even though they took it away, it, uh-huh. it's not good. <laughs> 312-644-6767 is the phone number. What about Drew Brees? Is that a realistic comparison? We'll get Big Ant's thoughts next. Zach Zaidman with you. Anthony Heron is here. We're in for Parkins and Spiegel taking your phone calls next at 312-644-6767 on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.